Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Revelation, chapter 22. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Right now, there's no doubt who you belong to in God's economy because you've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. And that means that you're God's package. God owns you. When you got saved, you, you are not your own. You know, people, oh, this is my life now. It's my life, and I've got to make choices. Not if you're a Christian. If you're a non-Christian, I guess it is your life. Whatever, go, whatever. But if you're a Christian, your life's not your own. Your life belongs to him. He has sealed you with his Holy Spirit, Ephesians tells us, and we now belong to him. Your life is not your own. And now we're to do what God tells us to do. We're to go where God tells us to go. We're to share the gospel with whom God tells us to share the gospel with. And that's everybody. But you don't belong to yourself. And in heaven, there'll be no doubt as to who you belong to because his name will be stamped in your forehead. His name. When we see God and we see each other in heaven, I'm going to look at at David and see God's name stamped in his forehead. Look at Jessica, God's name stamped in his forehead. If Charles makes it to heaven, I'll see his, God's name stamped in his forehead. Charles, you know I love you, man. Me and you. All right. Man, that's a pretty awesome thought. And my wife, Elvira, and all the saints of God. Every born-again believer, you'll see God's name stamped in their foreheads. Now, now, here the, get this, get this. Revelation 13, remember we talked about the, the Antichrist and the mark of the beast, and where is he going to put that mark? On your forehead and on your, on your hand. And God says, no, no, he, this is the real. See, Satan always has his counterfeits. He always has his fake stuff. But God has a real thing. God says, no, that's not the mark. My mark, my people, that's what will endure forever. And in heaven, there shall be no more night. Heaven will be a place where there'll be no need for a lamp, no need for candles, no need for light or the sun. Why? Because the Lord gives them light. Notice in verse 6, and then he said to me in verse 6, these words are Faithful and true, and the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show his servants the things which must shortly, underline that word, take place. Behold, in verse 7, I am coming quickly, Jesus says. Blessed is he who keeps. That means to guard. That means to watch over, to keep. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Stop right there. John says, listen, this glorious new city on earth, the garden-like city that's descending and hovering over the earth, the river of life. 
the tree of life. This heavenly scene, all of these things, John says, that I've been telling you about, remember, in chapter 21 and 22, are faithful and true. John says, listen, I'm telling you, I'm not lying. These things are faithful. Now, we know Jesus is faithful and true. But what John is saying is the things that I'm telling you are faithful and true. And God sent his holy angels to show his servants the things which will shortly take place. Now, this word shortly, if you're a note taker, you know, I encourage you to be one. This word shortly is an interesting Greek word. It's the Greek word tacos. It's spelled T-A-C-H-O-S. We have the word Tachometer. Tachometer. It speaks of, this word shortly, speaks of rapidity. The rapidity of the events with acceleration and speed and quickness. The rapidity of the events with acceleration and speed and quickness. In other words, once you start to see the end times events, they will increase with like RPMs. And things will get revved up and there won't be a lot of notice. It won't be a long and leisurely unfolding of the events. Things will just begin to take off and then bam, 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 bam. Talking about the end times events. Now Wednesday evening, you know, Barry talked about the end times. He talked about those end times events and he pointed out that we have seen some of the prophecies, many of the prophecies, already fulfilled in the Bible. The Bible talks about Israel becoming a nation again. And that happened in 1948. You know that. The Bible talks about in Jeremiah 37, the return of the Jews from the land of the north. That would be Russia. If you go to Israel today, the Jews are still yet coming in like a flood from Russia. Very interesting, and there are ministries even at the Calvary Chapel in Jerusalem that reach out to these Jewish people. Jerusalem talks about being united as one again. You see, for centuries, none of these prophecies made any sense, but suddenly they all start happening in rapid succession and great rapidity, and things just start happening slowly, and then another sign and another and another and another and another and another. Jesus says, Behold, I come quickly, and you will be blessed if you keep the words of this book. The coming of the Lord. Christians have lived with this hope and this anticipation since Jesus left the first time. That he is coming again. The Bible over and over. Well, here in this very chapter, in verse 7, we see I am coming. In verse 10, the time is at hand. Jesus is coming. Verse 12, behold, I'm coming quickly. Verse 20, I am coming quickly. The coming of the Lord. Someone once said it like this. Because Jesus is coming quickly, it is time to wake up, sing up, preach up, pray up, pay up, stay up, and never let up or give up or back up or shut up until the cause of Christ in this world is built up because Jesus is coming soon. Amen, saints? He's coming soon, and I can't wait. Notice in verse 8, Now I, John, 
saw and I heard these things. And, and when I heard and I saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel who showed me these things. And then he said to me, knock that off. Don't do it. For I'm your fellow servant. The angel says, don't worship me. I'm just a fellow servant and your brethren of the prophets and of those who keep the words of this book. Don't worship me. Worship God. Notice that. And just a couple of pages earlier, John did the same thing. Chapter 19, John falls down and worships an angel. And the angel said, cut that out. You're going to get me in big trouble. And here John again, making the same mistake again. Now, before you point too many fingers, how many of us keep making the same mistake again? Amen. Some of you, y'all in church now, you might want to go ahead and tell the truth, all right? <laughs> of course we do. Oh, but I love that verse in Psalm 103. As far as the east is from the west, so shall our sins be far from him. God has always forgiven us. Amen, saints? He's forgiven everyone. He's, God is a loving, forgiving God. And then in verse 10, he said to me, "Do underline this. This is interesting. Do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. Do not seal the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he who is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he who is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he who is holy, let him be holy still. Notice verse 10. Verse 10 is the reason why I began our study in the book of Revelation. I didn't start our study because I wanted to understand prophecy better in light of what's going on in the world. I started Revelation because John tells us And God says, do not seal up the book. Study the book. Keep it, what you learn from it. Read it, study it. Don't seal it up. Now, there are people who will tell you today, seal it up. You can't study the book of Revelation. It's too deep. It's too esoteric. It's too complicated. Too many possible interpretations. I remember when I first... We began our study in the book of Revelation, and I said to the people, you know, open your Bibles to Revelation chapter, Revelation, spooky, it's deep, man, deep. It's not that deep. And the Bible says that we ought to study. This is a direct command from heaven. Don't seal up the book. Now, for you Bible students, you know Daniel chapter 12, Daniel's prophecy, he is told to seal up the book. Did you notice that? But John is told not to seal it up. And we're not to seal it up, even when we're done studying this book. Now, we've been getting a couple of verses in every week. We'll probably get done the whole book before Jesus comes. But if, 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 if we do or we don't, we're told not to seal up the book. Don't go away from here and think, man, the book of Revelation, that was deep, that was heavy. I'm glad that's over with. No need to read it again. Just seal it up. No, don't seal it up. Why? Because the book of Revelation has a unique blessing attached to it. And if you seal it up and you put it aside you will be the poorer as a result of it. It's true. You see, the book of Revelation is not a difficult book to understand. 
we know it is the only book in the Bible which has a divine outline. It's found in Revelation chapter 1, verse 19. John is told to write the things which he has seen, write the things which are, and write the things which will take place after this metatauta. Very good. You all know that. You've heard that before, huh? John is told, and the book is not difficult. There's a divine outline that makes it very simple. Chapter 1, John is told to write the things which he has seen. What is John seeing in chapter 1? He's seeing the resurrected, glorified Jesus Christ. And then in chapters 2 and 3, John is told to write the things which are. What is the church age? Seven messages to seven churches given in chronological order, which brings us to chapter 4. Four follows three, always has, always will. Chapter four, John is raptured in heaven, and when he gets there, he sees thrones and prisms and colors, and it's unbelievable, and lightning, and, and it's unreal. And there it takes us to chapter five, where John is in heaven. And then in chapter six, John is told to write the things which will take place after this, metatauta is the Greek word, chapter 6 through chapter 19, we visit the awesome, awful, cataclysmic, catastrophic events that take place on the earth as God is pouring out his wrath during the great tribulation on a Christ-rejecting sinful world. Which brings us to chapter 20, the thousand-year reign of Christ where there's peace and prosperity on the earth. And then chapter 21 and chapter 22, we have the new heaven and the new earth, and we all shall live happily ever after. Yay. Yay. That's what I say. Lord, that's where I want to be. I want to be in heaven with you, where we'll all live happily ever after. Well, the book of Revelation is not really difficult to understand. Well, then notice in verse 11, and I'll close with this. John says, he who is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he who is filthy, let him be filthy still. And he who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. Now, what does that mean, Rodney? Well, it's as simple as this. If you remain unjust and you remain unholy and filthy after reading and hearing this book, then be unjust. Then be unholy. Then be filthy. In other words, you, if you can't be convinced, as we close this book, if you cannot be convinced by the revelation of Jesus Christ and the fulfillment of Bible prophecy, then nothing will convince you. And if nothing will convince you, you cannot be convinced. Well, the Bible says, then be the way that you are and stay that way. You see, the book of Revelation, reading this book, makes you choose. And when you're done, you have no other logical recourse but to say and to know that Jesus is Lord. And that should drive you to the place of committing your life and your heart to him. And if you choose not to, see, God is a gentleman. God doesn't make anyone get saved. There'll be no one in heaven that, that doesn't want to be there. You should say amen there because that's, that's true. I'm glad about that personally. I don't want anybody there ever want to be there. Everybody in heaven, every person in heaven will want to be there. And every person in heaven will have made a choice to be there. 
The Bible says, choose ye this day whom you will serve. Will you serve God or will you serve man? God is a gentleman. He doesn't force anyone to do anything. And your only logical recourse is to believe that Jesus is everything that he said he was and then to receive him as your Lord and Savior. Oh, you've got two paths. Two paths you can choose. Wrongness and filthiness or righteousness and holiness. And after completing this book, and you choose to reject Christ, then God will allow you that choice, just like Pharaoh. You know, the Bible says, Pharaoh hardened his heart, Pharaoh hardened his heart, Pharaoh hardened his heart. After every plague, Pharaoh hardened his heart. And then what the, the Bible says, lastly, finally, that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And that's interesting. God hardened his heart. Does that mean that God didn't want Pharaoh in heaven? Does it mean that God was angry with him and, and wanted him to go to hell? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But when it says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart, that literally means that God established Pharaoh's heart in the position that he chose. After seeking to reach him and reach him and give him opportunity and opportunity. And Pharaoh says, no, I won't let your people go. And he continued to harden his heart. And then God hardened his heart. God said, okay, fine. If that's the position you want to take, then you may have that position. John says the same thing. Let him who is unjust, let him be unjust. And he who is filthy, let him be filthy. And he who is unholy, you may be that way if you choose. But let me tell you something. You should choose Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior and submit to his will. And I'll tell you something, you will never, ever regret it. I have been a Christian for 20 years. I have never regretted giving my life to Jesus Christ. There's no, I've never, and I've never met anyone either who has said, you know what, I rue the day I gave my life to Jesus Christ. I, <laughs> I was miserable and I hated it and I rue the day. Have you ever met anybody like that? I haven't. No, but, but I know thousands and I literally know thousands upon thousands of people who made a commitment to Jesus Christ and would say today, I have never regretted it. Not one second. I have never regretted it. There's a room full of people. If you've never regretted giving your life to Christ, raise, raise your hand. Don't clap. Raise your hand. There you go. Now clap. That's great. Now clap. That's awesome because the Lord is awesome. The Lord, you'll never regret it. Never. But you will, listen, y'all come on up. You will regret, you will regret it the day that you take your last breath here on earth and you take your next breath in heaven or before the throne of God, let's say that. You'll regret if you don't make a commitment and a choice to serve him today. And maybe you say to me, Rodney, why don't you stand on your feet? Would you stand on your feet this morning? And maybe you would say to me, Rodney, I made a commitment to Christ some time ago, but I've been backslidden and I really need to really commit my heart to the Lord again. Listen, you, you won't regret giving your heart to God again. The Lord's there. He's there. You can't run from him. Oh, I know many have tried. And I've got to be honest with you and say that, that I have tried to run from God. And God has sent the hound dogs of heaven to chase after Rodney. And I couldn't get away. 
and you can't get away. Oh, stop running. Because just when you think you're just about far enough, God is right there. His hand is stretched out to you today. So choose him. Choose him. Unless that's something somebody can talk you into. If I could talk you into it, I could talk you out of it. It's something that you need to make a decision. You need to choose to follow him. Choose to commit your heart and your life to him. And Lord Jesus, I do pray now for the Holy Spirit to touch the hearts of these men and women here. Lord, let them know that you love them. Love him so much you died for him. But God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him, they won't perish. They won't regret it. They won't be ashamed. They have everlasting life and love and joy and peace and satisfaction in Jesus. And you say to me, Rodney, how do I do that? Well, it's simple. Simple. And the Bible says to confess him with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead and thou shalt be saved. You need to confess him with your mouth and believe in your heart. And let me just give you an opportunity to do that right now. And if that's you, if I've been speaking to you and the word of God has been touching and pulling your, your heartstrings, and you say, Rodney, that, that, that's me. That's me. I want to repent right now. And I want to give my heart to Jesus again right now. Listen, if that's you with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you would simply raise your hand, I want to pray for you this morning. And maybe that's you and say, Rodney, I see your hand there, man. Praise the Lord. And I see your hands there. And keep your hands up if you will. Is there another who would just boldly say, I see your hand there, man. Praise the Lord. And you, sir, I see your hand there. The Lord sees you. Is there another who would just say, Rodney, just in all honesty, I I just want you to pray for me now because I I want to turn my life over to God again. Or for the first time, I want to give my life to Jesus today. I see your hand in the back. Thank you, Lord. And you there, man. Thank you, Father. Yes, sir, I see your hand there in the middle. What boldness. It takes boldness by the Holy Spirit to raise your hand and not be ashamed of him because he wasn't ashamed of you when he died on Calvary's tree. When he suffered, hung, and bled and died, he wasn't ashamed of you. Don't you be ashamed of him today. Is there another? Is there another? Yes, ma'am, I see your hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Go ahead and put your hands down if you will. If you raised your hand, whether you're receiving Christ for the first time today or you're giving your heart to him again, And just saying, Lord, here's my life. I'm going to lay it down today. That's enough. My life is yours. I'm going to give it to you and commit it to you. Either of those people. If you would simply repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I repent. And I ask you to forgive me. And I thank you for dying on the cross for me. Not just for the world, but personally for me. Lord, forgive me for those times. And I've taken advantage of that and not acknowledged that. I receive you now as my Lord and my Savior. 
And I ask you to fill me with the Spirit, with your Holy Spirit. And Lord, thank you. Because I leave today and I'm ready when you come quickly. I'm ready. Thank you, Lord. And I'm born again. Today's a new day for me. A birthday spiritually for me. I'm going to live my life for you, Lord. I'm going to love you, God. I'm going to serve you, God. And I'm going to keep looking forward to the day when you're going to come. And then the ultimate. I shall see him face to face. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.